Hello everybody and welcome to the Uninformed Handball Hour. This is a very special episode because it is the first of our EHFUR 2022 preview episodes and we are again teaming up with the European Handball Federation doing this for the first time back at the EHF Euro 2020 and we're back again for the men's EHF Euro 2022 in Hungary and Slovakia. We will take you through the event starting with three preview episodes and during the tournament from the 13th to the 30th of January we'll have an episode every two days and you can expect wonderful insight hopefully, some good guests and a bit of banter along the way. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest in probably, in some people's eyes, the best line player in the world at the moment. We have Bensa Benhidi from the Hungarian national team. And that will be our main focus of today's episodes as we look at the hosts or one of the hosts of the HFUR 2020 Hungary. So that's probably the longest I've ever spoken uninterrupted on this podcast. Uh, hello, boys. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Brian. <laughs> hello, Brian. <laughs> congratulations well, well thank you thank you so how are you how are you guys feeling for this year are you pumped already two weeks out it's getting pretty exciting and it's especially exciting because we will all be there at the arenas touch wood of course be at the arenas watching the games speaking to the players getting the feel of the tournament uh, as it goes on so i'm very excited for that yeah and already looking at you know some of the test matches going on around Europe and, and teams and training camps. As we'll we'll speak to Bensa later, who's with the Hungarian team that, interestingly enough, have been training together since the middle of December, and that's like that's serious preparation. That's way longer than uh, most teams do for a championship like this, which I think gives us a nice insight into just how seriously they are taking this opportunity. And I think that's going to be one of the focus for us us in this podcast is talking about this Hungarian team and they're striving to, to finally make a breakthrough and get a medal at a major championship. Yeah, there, there's something special about a home championship, especially for a country like Hungary, which is kind of steeped in handball history. It's a big part of the culture and it's actually the first ever tournament that they're hosting on the men's side. A lot of excitement there, you know, new arenas being built. We're going to see games at a 20,000-seater arena in Budapest. I think everyone's excited for that. Alex, you touched on there the kind of the highlight in terms of the arenas, of course, is that new arena in Budapest, which holds 20,000 people, which is incredible, which is maybe finally now a proper alternative to the Lanxess Arena in Cologne, which I think Hamble fans have been waiting for. So that's it's great to see, but maybe it's nice to just look at some of the other arenas to give everyone a, a bit of an overview. We have in Debrecen uh, hosting Group A, Slovenia, Denmark, uh, North Macedonia and Montenegro. That will hold 6,500 people. In Košice, we have the Steel Arena, which will host Group F, Norway, Russia, Slovenia and Lithuania. That holds about just under 8,000 people. In Zeged, we have, of course, the one of the, the highlights. We have this new 
uh, Pick Arena, which is brand new state of the art arena, which hosted Zegid's final match of of 2021. It holds just over 8,000 people. It will host Group C: Croatia, Serbia, France, and Ukraine. In Bratislava, we also have a nice big arena with 10,000 people hosting Group D: uh, Germany, Austria, Belarus, and Poland, and also Group E: Spain, Sweden. Czech Republic and Bosnia-Herzegovina. It will also host Group 2 in the main round. And then, of course, as Alex touched on, we have that massive 20,000-seater arena hosting Group B, Portugal, Hungary, Iceland, and the Netherlands. Then Group 1 of the main round and the final weekend. So lots to look forward to there. And also that Budapest arena from here on out is going to be kind of a central focus in Hungary with the Women's EHF Euro 2024 being hosted there, the World Championship in 2027, and of course then the f- the Women's Final Four from next year outwards. So very exciting times for Hungarian handball with such infrastructure coming into the fray. As we prepared for this and we were looking into the advantage that you assume you have, host nations have, and the, the two host nations here being Hungary uh, and Slovakia, you assume that they're always going to be in the, the hunt for the, you know, the semifinals and to potentially get a medal. But Brian, you had a look through the history of the Euro and it really hasn't been the case. Uh, and in recent years, I've noticed it, but it, it really is stark when you look back through the history since it started in 1994, that only one host nation has actually ever won the competition. And that was Sweden back in 2002 when they were winning everything. And it wasn't, I guess, a, a huge surprise. But besides that, uh, no other host nation has won it. Serbia and Denmark got a silver medal in 2012 and 2014, respectively. And then Norway got the bronze two years ago, but they were one of the home nations. They didn't win the bronze on home court. But uh, a fascinating look through it and and really um, make you think twice about just how much of an advantage being at home really is. Yeah, I I think the one that sticks out for me is Serbia in 2012, where you really saw a team kind of rise to the occasion and completely outperform their you know, perceived capability driven by, you know, huge arenas, by ravaged fans. And I think there's real potential of a team like Hungary embracing that, embracing the amazing fans that will support this country all the way through the Euros and really outperforming and building towards that. So I think despite the fact that, you know, maybe previously it hasn't, it's not a guarantee of a medal if you're hosting there there is something to it there's definitely a lot of added pressure this time out of course with the the two new arenas thrown in the mix as well and uh, it's something we actually talked about with Bensa who, who you'll hear from later in the episode and he was talking about how yeah he did feel a bit of extra nerves going into that final match of the week in the Champions League because of the new arena so it's going to be inter- interesting to see how this Hungarian team will cope uh, with all that extra pressure. But I think what you said there, Alex, is interesting because I think Serbia is probably a pretty good kind of um, comparison to maybe where this team is at. Because some of the other teams that hosted the Euro, like, for example, Switzerland in 06 or Norway in 08 or maybe then Austria in 010, I mean, they were never really going to push for medals at that stage. Norway was at a very different stage of development back then and Switzerland and Austria were always going to be outsiders so some of them are hard to compare to but Serbia probably is a pretty good one maybe also Poland 
in 2016 is also a fair comparison to make of where they were standing in world handball at that moment. So it's going to be fascinating to see from here on out what's, how Hungary are going to, to deal with that. How do we define Hungary as a handballing nation? I think we have a very clear definition of Hungary on the women's side as absolute bottlers and always young. <laughs> <laughs> but what what is the how do we define the men's team? Um it seems like they almost like they haven't even been good enough to disappoint us. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I've always made the comparison with German the German national team and the English men's football team but maybe that could be suitable for this Hungarian team because they have they have such a big standing in world handball because of the club sides Vesprem have been around for decades Seged in the last decade or so have really come to the fore as well as a elite European team but they're two teams that are so full of international talent and uh, there's you know the odd Hungarian in there and it's never translated to the international stage and again you you almost assume that if you've never thought about it you're like yeah sure Hungary have won some titles in the past and they've won medals in the past but that is incredibly not the case they've only won one medal in international handball and that was the silver medal in 1986 at the world championship and in the European championship they've never had a campaign where they won more than three games in one whole championship. So really, it, that puts them quite literally in the middle of the pack. And they haven't done too much to to get away from that. There's been a lot of a lot of hopeful campaigns for them. Uh, most recently in the, the World Championship last year when we thought they were real contenders, uh, but then got knocked out in the quarterfinals, losing after extra time to France. Um, at the Euros two years ago, they were top of their group they knocked Denmark out of the championship, but then faltered a little bit in the main round. So, yeah, it's a team that looks like it's on the, the edge of making a breakthrough, but they they don't have enough stars in the team traditionally to actually make that breakthrough. And uh, I think that, uh, as, a, as a middle-of-the-pack team, is where they stand. But it puts them in a very interesting situation at this championship as they look to make the breakthrough and try to make full use of the the home advantage and the the rising stars they undoubtedly have. Yeah, I think you could probably put... I mean, you asked a very interesting question yesterday, Chris, when we were chatting about this episode. You said, are Hungary the best team never to win a medal at a Euro? And I'd say, I'd say probably. I think Croatia is probably another team you could put in there. Of course, Croatia have silver medals, three in total, but never have picked up gold. But yeah, I'd say... Hungary are definitely in that conversation of one of the best handball nations to have never won a single, never mind gold, a single medal at an EHF Euro. It's crazy to see because they, they've had so many stars um, in the past. Of course, Naj being probably the you know biggest player to come out of Hungary, but even further in the past, they've had these national heroes like Kovacs and Carlos Perez, who have been, you know, huge stars, but they seem to not be able to put a good enough team around them. It's always been driven by a big star, not, not a full team. And I think that's what differentiates the team today. So the Hungarian team today doesn't necessarily have a superstar in their ranks. 
Um, but they do seem to have a, a very nice squad. I think their backcourt is looking very good these days with Bodo and uh, Dominic Mate coming up as a rising star with Lekai there. And of course, Banhidi as the arguably the, the best line player in the world. There seems to be more semblance of a squad this year. And, you know, it feels like they're on the verge of something good. I'm not saying great, but they're definitely on the verge of something good. <laughs> well, let's like take a look at the squad in a bit more detail. Now, and uh, some of the players you mentioned already there, like uh, Ricard Bodo, who um, I feel, particularly nowadays, is, uh, as Brian would like to put it, a bit of a random rocket. Uh, you know, <laughs> he can be fantastic on his day and a real powerhouse at left back. Then you've got Dominic Mathe on the right-hand side, who just seems to be getting better and better. And I'm a big fan of his. He's moving to PSG next season. Uh, and then Mate Lekoy in the centre, who never seems to be, for whatever reason, fully fit or, or healthy or available during these championships or Hungary. So hopefully that'll be the, that will not be the case uh, next month for them. And then Roland Mickler in goal, who, when Bense mentions that he's 37, I actually had to look that up afterwards because I couldn't believe it. Because I was like, how is Roland Mickler 37? He still looks so incredibly young, even though he's been around forever. Uh, but a, a real leader in that team. Uh, and you feel like someone like him won't have too many chances left after this. Uh, and that is the case for a few of these players. Playing at home as well is going to be... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a huge occasion for them. And it's, uh, for me, the biggest, the most interesting thing is how they're going to react to playing this home championship because they've never had it before, they're used to the pressure of playing for Vesprem or Seged and everything that comes with that. But with the the national team and Hungarian fans, it just seems something else. And, uh, you know, you would assume they're going to make the most of it, but uh, it's not a guarantee. Definitely not a guarantee. And it's interesting what you've both touched on when you when I was looking at the squad list as well. I was thinking, yeah, great backcourt. And we didn't even met, mention someone like Joltanjita as well, who I think ha- can have an, a, great, an, a great tournament. And having a random rocket like Bodo is, I think, always good at these Euros because sometimes you just need that randomness to 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 put some teams away. But backcourt, line player, and I think defense as well is a, is a very strong position. We all, we've an, an award named after one of their players, Adrian Sipos, for the uh, antics he gets up to sometimes in defence. So we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that over the tournament for sure because we have an award limbed after it. Um, but I think one of the things which we don't really hear about much nowadays is maybe the wing positions for Hungary is maybe some other weaker positions. I don't know what you guys think. Is that maybe an area of the court where Hungary maybe could fall short? So much so that they brought in a Spaniard to play on the wing in recent years in Pedro Rodriguez, who... Um is 31 and, and has kind of filled in in the right wing position for them. So, yeah, that is uh, a bit of a worry for them. But, you know, the way they play, they don't need to worry about the wings so much. <laughs> you know, they, everything is so central focused. Um, you know, Bensa Banhidi is the, the the main man in that sense. It's get the ball to him on the line and or, or set up shots from the backcourt. So the, the wings job is to keep running all day long and hope for some fast breaks, hope for some steals, and just whenever they get the chance not to miss it. But yeah, the focus is very much on the on the backcourt there. I, I It's not the best group of wing players in the world, but I don't think that'll be the, the make or break area for them. So Alex, as the in-house line player 
on the podcast. Could you maybe just outline for people who wouldn't be that familiar with the Spanish style of play? Because I think there's a lot of people maybe when we're going to be talking about Hungary, I think the Spanish style of play is quite important on a club level and also on an international level. Yeah, I think the Spanish style of handball has permeated the whole handball world and um, has definitely impacted Hungary in a special way with their two biggest clubs, both uh, Veshrem and uh, Zeged having uh, Spanish coaches for a long time, as well as, um, you know, Charlie Sabate being a coach of the national team before. So it's really ingrained in the last maybe five, six years of Hungarian club handball. And a lot of these players are familiar with it. And the Spanish style handball is, it really relies on very simple two on two. You're really looking to beat a player and then open up space for another one. And the reason why it works for Hungary is because Ben Sabanhidi has to have two people on him at all times because there's not a single player in the world who can hold back the absolute hulk of a man that Ben Sabanhidi is. So there needs to be two players beside him, which does open up space. It means that if the defense, the opposing defense loses a one-on-one battle, it just completely opens up the court and it can be effective. That's why that combination of Matil Lekai and Banhidi uh, is, is so important in the same way for Zeget uh, at club level. We've seen the Bombats and Banhidi partnership be so devastating. I think Lekai has the, you know, and they've shown that they work really well together. Additionally, they just have the big shooters like um, Mate and Bodo to again take advantage of a little slip if a defender is a little bit slow doesn't mean that a player has to kind of break through. You just need that extra step backwards from a defender for a guy like Bodo or Mate to, to shoot over. So there, there is this kind of majority uh, style handball that has been effective for Hungary. Um, we just need to see it being consistent. You know, what happens when Banhidi does get shut down or the defense gets a little bit more aggressive? And we'll have to see that as a tournament unwinds. Well, we've been talking about Benson Mahidi so much. I think it's time to hear from the man himself. It's Seged and Hungary's uh, Hulk on the line. As Alex described him, he's going to talk to us about his early days in handball, uh, what has inspired him as a Hungarian national team player and what he's looking forward to next month at the Euro. Now, I think... Uh... The, I am the player, one of the players here in the national team. I have to be in the leader in the court. Into the line, Banhidi. It's all square. Nine minutes into the second half. Yeah, I like I like so much. I like this uh, position because I like to fight, make success for the for my teammates. Two men on top of them, somehow still manages to turn around and fire that one past Mavid. And now it's a big chance to, I think, to step up uh, in the in the top teams. We have to take this chance and, and play good. I hope we will be somewhere uh, close to the medals. Oh yes! Banhidi, goal number eight! What I want to ask you first of all is about your background in the sport and how you got into it. If I'm not mistaken, you were 
uh, born in Jur, which is a very famous handball city itself. But you didn't start playing until you were about 14 years old. What took so long? Yeah, because uh, before I played uh, football, but it was too too big uh, the court. And uh, when I was in the school and uh, we have some uh, exercise for shooting, I shoot so strong. And uh, they were calling me for uh, come on, start to play handball. And uh, I had a lot of friends uh, played handball. And I go there just uh, like enjoy with like a hobby, you know, to try. And I stayed there. I played in Jer, I think, two years. But uh, like uh, like an amateur team, you know, just for enjoy. Every week uh, we had a four trainings maximum. And uh, after they were calling me from uh, Balaton Freerad. When you started, you said you had a hard shot. Did you intend to be a backcourt player or did you always want to be a line player? No, I was uh, first when I started. I was in the left wing just to feel the ball, to feel the shoot. And after I was a left back. And uh, when I came to Balaton Fired, I was left back yet. And uh, there was some injury. And then my coach said, uh, Benza, in this game, you will play in line player. So be ready. And uh, I said, OK. And I stayed there. <laughs> because if I, if I am a uh, back player now, or I am left back, uh, I have problems for sure. Because uh, for sure, I am not in Seged, I am not in the national team. Maybe I am in the third division. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the best accident that ever happened then. Wonderful. And, and even though you started at a relatively older age then at 14, you said you had a lot of friends in handball and handball is such a huge sport in Hungary. Can you remember uh, growing up as a kid and the the influence that, let's say, the Hungarian national team had on you when you were a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, I had uh, a lot of picture with uh, with the big stars, you know, uh, because uh, in Jer uh, I went to the to the games. For example, when uh, Jer uh, was in the first league, they played against West Brom, and uh, after the game, I was taking picture with uh, Carlos Perez. Uh, with uh, Nikola Kramovic, so with the big stars, and it was my my dream to play one time in in in, in the big team or with the big play, big star players. But after you know one two years, it uh, comes so fast uh, in my life because when I when I went to Balaton Fired, after one year I go in the in the junior national team. After in the adult national team so it's the my dream comes so fast talk to us a bit about that i think you were 19 when you made your debut what are your memories of putting on that hungarian jersey for the first time i was uh, a lot of training with uh, with the national team but i didn't play official game and uh, it was really hard to be in the team because there was a lot of uh, good players and experienced players so i had to fight a lot for my position but after i think my first official game was uh, in 2013 against bakrain and uh, the coach was uh, Lajos Mocsai. and uh, after my first uh, championship was uh, with talent and uh, after more or less you know everybody say why i didn't play uh, Yet in the national team, I'm so big. I played, uh, I think, okay for the for the first part. Really, it just uh, I'm 26 years old, and uh, every year just come some success, some uh, a lot of good things. I am like uh, so lucky guy. <laughs> what do you think 
talent Dushabayev saw in you? Because as you said, it all happened very quickly. You were so young uh, coming into the national team and you played a big part in the team when talent took over as coach. Yeah, I have to say thank you so much for him because uh, he helped me. Uh, he helped me uh, a lot, a lot. We started to started to play in the national team the the Spanish system, and before uh, I didn't know what is the Spanish uh, logic, the Spanish system, and uh, I learned a lot from him and also from Pastor. But for the first uh, part uh, in the national team, he helped me a lot because. It was everything different uh, what he made in in the in the court than before, and after it was much easier in my position because I learned a lot of new things. If we look then back to your first Euro in uh, 2016, you were 20 years of age. What are your memories of that? I think your your first game for you personally was quite successful. You scored seven goals and you were top scorer in the game. But what were your memories overall of? going to that first tournament and entering the big stage for the first time? I was so excited because uh, before the European, I, I couldn't believe I will start the game and I, I will play a lot because there was two other uh, line players who had uh, more experience and uh, you know they played uh, before me in the national team. And uh, Talant said before, I think, the preparation for the for the championship, uh, Benz, be ready. I don't care, you are young, but you have to be in the leader in the, in the court because uh, you will play more than these two uh, two guys so just be strong in in the mentality and uh, go in the gym every day because uh, you have to improve you have to be more strong and uh, really i was so shocked but i was ready because in the first game what uh, you said I, I scored seven goals and uh, what a dream uh, in the first uh, european champion i'm here and i scored seven goals and before uh, almost i didn't play in the national team so it was also so nice feeling. Did your role in the team automatically change as well, like from your perspective? Because here you are already playing a big part within the team, despite being so young. Talent has told you, okay, you're going to have to step up and be a leader here. But did you feel already after that first game that's like, okay, I, I do belong here? I think yes, because uh, in the first game uh, after. I have more confidence with the, with the, my teammate. I feel more power. And uh, from this moment, I think every team uh, start to prepare uh, against me because our system in the national team and also in, in the Seged, it's uh, more or less for the pivot. It's every game, in every action starts from me or uh, I am the, the, the player who will shoot in, in almost every attack or uh, I make penalty or I will block for the teammate. So I have a, a lot of job in the court. But do you like that? Do you like being a central figure on the court? Is that something you look for? Yeah, I like I like so much. I love this uh, position because I like to fight, make success for, the, for my teammates. So I love this position. Let's talk a little bit about beyond that game in, in 2016. Uh, there wasn't so much success after that. I think after the first victory, there were five defeats. And in many of the, the championships up until last year, the World Championship, Hungary have kind of finished mid-table, I think it's fair to say. There's been a lo- always a lot of early hope. Uh, for example, at the last Euro, beating Denmark in the preliminary round and finishing top of the group and then beating Slovenia in the main round. But then ultimately... Uh, a little bit of disappointment. How is that knowing that there's always all this potential within the team, but you haven't quite made that big breakthrough yet? 
in the last few years, for example, in the last year, we were so close to the to be in the in the top four, and uh, because we played draw against France, and after in overtime uh, we lost. But uh, I think uh, we played really good in this uh, tournament. My expectation from uh, our team, from our uh, national team, I think it's a lot because uh, we are we have a really young team. But I think in every position we have really quality players. We have a really good team spirit. Everybody likes to be in the national team. We are enjoying the the old trainings. So it's a really good feeling here. And now it's a big chance to, I think, to step up uh, in the in the top teams because we play at home. Uh, everybody support for us in Hungary. Uh, they the Hungary they build a sport hall almost for us for this uh, European champion. At least twenty thousand people can go inside and they can support us. So I think uh, we have to take this chance and and play good for. And uh, I hope we will be somewhere uh, close to the medals. I was there in Zeged for the for the, your last club game of the opening of the new arena and it was an absolutely incredible atmosphere and I think you could see it on all all of your guys faces how much it meant to you and it really seemed to give your your side a boost and just seeing an absolute packed arena full of Zeged fans was absolutely incredible. I'm sure that was a, an amazing day for you yourself. Yeah, it was uh, unbelievable what the supporters uh, made it in in the sports hall because uh, with I don't know eight thousand three hundred people was inside and uh, they were screaming all games or or all time at the time. But uh, before the game, I was a little bit afraid to be. It was a little bit you know pressure in the game uh, in the team. But uh, I think everybody was motivated. It was uh, everybody was on full of adrenaline and uh, finally it was was like a easy game because uh, we win we won by four goals and I think uh, we we destroyed kill like uh, how we have to play in the first game what is like uh, open ceremony so I was really happy and I think uh, from the club was everybody really happy in that opening game in Seged it reminded me a lot of how you were playing last year in the world championship where you know, everybody looking at you in particular, it seemed like you were unplayable. Like once Spencer gets his hands on the ball, there's literally nothing is going to stop him or nobody is going to stop him. There's going to be a penalty or a goal every time. Uh, and that drew a lot of attention to you, particularly the last couple of major championships. But how do you look at that? What is your perspective on that? Do you feel at certain times in games that when you're in the game like that, that there is quite literally nothing going to stop you? I don't feel that nobody can stop me because a lot of good players in the court and they know how to how to defense, but not all the time. So I have some uh, things what I'm doing uh, during the game. And for example, if I am with one, one player, it's uh, normally goal. If I catch the ball or penalty or some two minutes, uh, like Pastor say, or it's two players with me, it's uh, somebody's alone. Uh, so... The key is uh, me and uh, one player who has the ball who will decide to pass to me or pass uh, to other guy who is alone. So this is uh, more or less the Spanish system. If you if somebody asks me who didn't play handball in his life, just uh, just to ask uh, what is Spanish system, uh, pass to me or pass somebody because uh, with Benza is two players. <laughs> I like that a lot. And you mentioned there before the game the a bit of the nerves uh, playing in front of that new arena. And 
I guess there'll be a somewhat similar situation now going to Budapest and and playing this major championship in the new arena that, as you said, has basically been built for this championship and for you. Do you feel like already that the hype for this championship on social media or in the Hungarian news is beginning to build up? I think yes. Uh, now we start the the preparation. I think 16 of December. Uh, we were in this uh, open ceremony in the in the new arena. It was uh, really like a shock because uh, it's so high, so big, and so so nice. Uh, so I am really furious. Uh, with with this arena with 20,000 people and uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, media staff uh, uh, will be in, in, in all games and uh, it will be looking uh, I think uh, more fo- we have a more focus we will have a more focus uh, in uh, the national team in our national team because uh, we play at home and uh, now for sure they will ask how you feel in this new arena so we are waiting a lot of questions the mood in the squad at the moment do you feel like there's a bit of pressure on the squad when you're training with the guys or what does it feel like at the moment i think at the moment we don't have any pressure at the moment we are preparing uh, more or less just uh, just the physical trainings okay we have handball trainings but uh, not uh, preparation for the for the games just to be together to feel each other but i think uh, we don't have pressure when it's uh, start the game or close to the game for sure i think uh, we had a big pressure but i think everybody has experience uh, everybody here is a good player because they are here in the national team so if we are in good in, in mentality i don't think about like a pressure we have to think it's like a possibility to to take chance if you look back to when you were 19 years old until now how have you seen the national team as a different squads? What's the development been like and the, the journey that you've been on? Have you seen much of a development or where the team is at compared to where it was when you were 19? When uh, I was 19, it was uh, like an old team because uh, there was a lot of uh, old players or I, I say not old, but uh, uh, older players than, uh, than now because now I think... Uh, our uh, average it's around 26 25 i don't know because we have a lot of young players except uh, i think uh, our goalkeeper mikler because he is 37 or 38 i don't know some players who is over 30 but uh, i think the most of players it's uh, under 30 years old so it was a different national team we played different and now we have uh, we have you know you know Chama the last two years and the uh, Laszlo and uh, and the Gui. Our I think the team spirit is also also different. In 19 years old, uh, I don't feel I can I can be leader. You know, with 19 years old, but now I think uh, the I am the player, one of the player here in the national team. I have to be in the leader in the court, and uh, I have to show for everybody we are here for. For being and, and to to say to guys if if I see something because uh, everybody knows me in the team also so it's much different if if I think for when I was in 19. Tell me a little bit about your 
view on on Hungarian handball fans and Hungarian sports fans in general. I think they're probably among the most famous in the world. I saw a picture where you were in the the crowd for a home a game in the European Football Championship last summer and and you've experienced both sides of the both sides of the coin i guess you could say as a as a player that they're supporting but also in games against vesprem where you can you can feel the the other side of it how how would you describe hungarian handball and sport fans to us i think uh, they are noisy really loud because uh, they are like a screaming all the, all the games so they are different for example if uh, i play in germany they they are not screaming you know if you play in hungary in seged or in brazil they are supporting you they are screaming a lot so it's much different to play uh, in hungary and the last year uh, i was in in the european uh, football champions it was uh, amazing it was incredible how was the the feeling because i think in the in the football stadium was around 70,000 people it will i hope it will be the same with 20,000 people just uh, in the close close part in, in the in the in our arena but uh, i think uh, they will they will be i think the the other player who can help us in, in the games. Benza, thanks a lot for your, your time. I think that, that's brilliant. Enjoy the rest of your training camp and we look forward to joining you in Hungary in a couple of weeks. Thank you Good so stuff. much to be Take with care, you. Benza. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. Bye. Thank you to Bensa for that interview. I think we've talked enough about Hungary for today. We're going to go into their group in more detail. In fact, every single group in detail just before the championship when we have a bumper episode, which will also be streamed live on Twitch on the 10th of January. It's going to be about three hours long. We're going to go through every single group. We're going to have guests on, former players, experts, and random people talking about each and every game as uh, we'll predict all of them. And we'll also have another preview episode before that, where we can't say exactly who it is yet, but we're hoping it's going to be a very, very big Norwegian star but we'll reveal more about that on our social media channels as uh, we go closer to the date but until then thank you everyone for listening if it's the first time you listened make sure to subscribe uh, to us on your favorite podcast app and also follow us on the socials at handball hour and we'll talk to you again very soon goodbye (laughs) 